glory, fortune, fame, passion, heartbreak, and success, all on this episode of Behind the Behind the Music. Tonight, we're going to fashion clay models of each other's heads, because hello, is it me you're looking for? Ash, we're talking Lionel Richie. Oh, I'm so excited. And I'm so excited to see the clay head that you're going to do of me. Yeah, and and because you and I are such huge gold nerds, and you are an actual host of the Gold Nerds podcast, uh-huh. I, I feel like we can't we can't go any forward without going talking about a couple of key gold nerd moments. And one is the absolutely brilliant moment when they <laughs> mimic the hello video. Yes. on the episode of the Goldmarks. <laughs> And with the world's scariest like bust that they oh, did it's it's amazing because he goes and he shaves it and you don't see it for so long <laughs> no. and you see it and you're like <gasps> <laughs> but the other the other moment this is a new one that happened on my drive uh, <clears throat> to this episode which i was late to tape um i was picking up my daughter from camp and to get it because i had watched just watched the um episode i was really excited and so I was playing player some Lionel Richie on the drive home, playing. Mm-hmm. So I put on All Night Long, because how can you go wrong with All Night Long? How can you go wrong? Fiesta, all the other words oh. that I don't know. And <laughs> there's just like when they burst and there's the horns and the All Night Long and then the big party at the end. And at the end of the song, she doesn't say anything. At the end of the song, she just looks at me and she goes, can we just listen to Love Ninja instead? Nice. <laughs> and I said, "How did you get to Love Ninja? Did that song make you think of Love Ninja?" She's like, "Yeah." Okay. So, Lionel Richie channeled my daughter's love of the Goldbergs, and then we went on to go listen to the Goldberg soundtrack as a result of listening to All Night Long. Oh, but your daughter's my favorite. <laughs> but now let's start at the beginning. Well, actually, no. Let's start where we usually start. When you when I say Lionel Richie, what do you think mm-hmm. of? What, what what memories does that bring? I know emotions? everyone's gonna say the hello video, but for me, it's dancing on the ceiling. Well, that that video is amazing, right? Don't they flip the camera in the middle? Yes. And it looks like everybody's dancing in the ceiling. And I remember as a kid seeing it and being like, "How did they do this?" Not figuring they could like flip the camera and people weren't actually on the ceiling because I was a bit stupid as a child. Did you have a camcorder when you were a kid? I did. Yeah. Do you remember when you discovered that moment? Uh, yeah, I was. Because my nieces are quite close in age to me. My sister's quite a bit older than I am. And we would always, like, just be stupid and film different things. I was usually behind the camera directing, of course. Mm. And, yeah, I can remember, like, almost doing, like, another Goldberg's moment. Remember when Pops and Adam are climbing up the side of the wall? Uh, yeah, the, and the Bev, like, thing? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, figuring out how to do that. Like, if you just can't leave the, the camera, it looks like they're, like, climbing the wall, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So so we would make fake commercials all the time and Act. we would do a cereal commercial where you'd like pour the milk and it would look like the milk was pouring upside like Love it. upside down. That was always yep. that was always big in their house. So I, I you are right, I jumped to the hello video, but not because of the video. I actually don't remember the video until I was a teenager. Huh. It is I have a friend and he learn the words to hello and at Jewish summer camp there's like nothing more amusing than like a pale like sunburned Jewish guy singing hello to romance (laughs) women and we were out 
we were sort of outside of camp. I want to say we were living in Israel at the time. And we went out to the movies and we're hanging out at the movies. And he realized, oh, no, I was supposed to go on a date with my girlfriend that night. And so what? here we are at the movies. And she's waiting for him, and this is before cell phones, so he went to a payphone, and to make up for it, he sang Hello, which was like this one-time get-out-of-jail-free romantic card. <laughs> but then he would proceed to sing Hello to every girlfriend till the end of time. Oh. Um, and he'll Are you prob- still friends with this guy? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're still close, and he's happily married, and he's got an amazing wife and family, and he's great kids, and, and hopefully he'll never hear this story. He'll know who he is. <laughs> and anyone who knows me will know, because there's only one guy who used to sing hello to everyone. Did he sing it at the wedding? I don't think so. I think at that point, he wasn't using hello on, like, you know, at that point, anyone who was there would have known, right? Like, right, you have okay. to start using hello privately. So this is true. So I dedicate this, this my, my love of Lionel Richie, really, because of this guy who used to sing hello all the time. And, and he eventually went to go see him in concert. And anyways, it was a great concert. Okay, so some of the great quotes about Lionel Richie that they use. Mm-hmm. He was the funkadelic Commodore with the signature sound. <laughs> He was the pop balladeer with a voice that melted women's hearts. Oh, it's true though. To his to his credit, I I, I love the way everyone just talks about him as sexy, right? Like we haven't heard anyone yet that we've done a show about where where just people are just like, oh, he's so sexy. It's yeah. like a term I just don't think of when I think of Lionel Richie. But I guess at at that time, this was a big deal. What's his voice though? Is it the it's voice? Like, yeah, I think a lot of it comes from the voice. That's it's not the mustache. <sighs> well, you know, I do like a good mustache, but... I feel like he has a very... I feel like if there is a sexy mustache... It'll be Lionel. Lionel it'll be Lionel. <laughs> we'll come back to that. All right, so he starts off his career. It's really interesting to he- hear about where he and the Commodores uh, came out and mm-hmm. came out of, and his time at Tuskegee. And then they start with these, um, you know, kind of classic Commodores songs. And and I remember learning about him in our, my history of rock and roll class that I took at McGill University. My my. <laughs> My McGill University classes that I took on music history will keep coming are you, up. Are you hoping to get like a student loan discount by plugging <laughs> exactly. these guys? Or something? Exactly. All the kids thank me for getting A's, and so that he was like this triple threat. He could write, he could sing, he could dance. Yeah, because he was like classically trained. Like his grandmother was like a pianist and all this stuff. And by the time he got to college, he was playing like instruments and writing his own music and stuff, wasn't he? Yeah, exactly. Like he's Crazy. he's the, the, you know this is not some cheese ball. Yeah, no, like he's got the goods. <clears throat> and so then they they play us some great Commodores songs. Now, did you did you did the Commodores mean anything to you? Because I would say I did not know who the Commodores were until retroactively. I, yeah, I like I can remember hearing Lionel Richie songs, but I think I just assumed Commodore songs was just Lionel Richie. Oh, if you know okay. what I mean, it wasn't until later that I was like, "Oh, wait a second, they were actually a separate group," and then I felt really bad. But yeah, no, as a kid, I was just kind of like, "It's Lionel Richie." Especially when you hear how they talk about this brotherhood, and it's not going to, nothing's mm-hmm. going to break them up. Yeah. So, do you have? So, is there a Commodore song that means anything <clears throat> to you beyond Brickhouse? Like, is there? Um, not one that has a massive impact. I like them, but I can't say that there's one that like 
evokes any real emotion or memory for me. So as we're watching this episode, they have some they have some amazing footage. I have to say, in terms of mm-hmm. footage of an artist, both in their personal life and on stage, this episode like blew me away. And yeah. the Commodores who are dressed in these like super futuristic spacesuits slash Egyptian garb with like mm-hmm. the big necklaces and the wings and the shoulder pads. That was mm-hmm. first of all amazing. They looked like you know aliens from outer space. <laughs> But but fly, but yeah. fly, but fly. I guess is the, but but for me those songs. I, I don't think I'd ever seen a tape of the Commodores perform before I watched this episode. And for me, like Brick House is like the first song you hear at a bar mitzvah, and so oh, really? it's usually like the one that gets people onto the dance floor. And nice, just like dads going brick house. Like, <laughs> the first thing I can remember is my wedding and my like old relatives like shaking it to brick house. And here I am that watching these guys who are absolutely badass. Absolutely badass with the sunglasses and the shiny outfits. And anyways, I would like to go back in time and now see a Commodore's show. Definitely. Alright, so he starts He's as you were saying, he's legit. He's a real songwriter. He's oh, written yeah. big time songs for other artists, and then he starts mm-hmm. writing for himself. And the solo career part starts to happen. And now have we I don't know how many people we've talked about going solo yet in terms of our artists that we've talked about, but I feel like this is this is one of those examples, the jump on or jump off point of an artist. Yeah. How do you how do you judge his move to go solo? Um, I you got to do what you got to do. You know what I mean? Like he's not. I don't think he stepped away to do a solo career and been like, "Well, you guys are trash. I'm leaving." I think he just was like, "This is the sound I want to make. This is my, you know how I want to produce the albums." I'm just going to take my my personal music in this direction, whereas like the Commodores are going in this direction. So I. I I have no problems with that. It's like Gwen Stefani, you know, no doubt, and then she did her solo bits, right? And and no yeah. doubt was not going to do that if I were a rich man. Tevye, exactly, Fiddler yeah. On the roof song. Yeah, exactly. So I, no, I I think I think you're right, and I think it's interesting that it seemed like it was mutual. The the gentleman they had on who was in <clears> the <throat> Commodores was like, we couldn't keep him in the band, and they didn't want to play his like they didn't want to do three times a lady. Yeah, exactly. They wanted to keep doing like brick house and so and and things like that. So I get it. I bummed for the Commodores that Lionel Richie leaves and there's not yeah. much to them. But um, do you remember the movie Airheads with Brendan Fraser? Yes. Brendan Fraser <laughs> and Adam Sandler and yeah. peak Steve Buscemi. Oh, that's peak, early doors right there, friend. Peak, peak Buscemi, <laughs> and I loved that movie. I saw it in the theater. And so there's a moment, or this is going to make sense. <laughs> there's a moment where Harold Ramis plays the fake music executive, and he's trying to get them, he's trying to convince them that he's got a record contract for them and they should let the hostages out. And they give him a test, and they say uh, Van Halen or David Lee Roth, and he picks the band and not David Lee Roth. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> you're a cop! And... <laughs> And to me, it's one of these things where, like, on one hand, morally, you want to side with the band, 
but there's something about the person who's the bigger star that you gotta yep. just like you said I think there's be. a reason they're the bigger star I mean you can say like it's because they were the lead singer like Gwen Stefani was the lead singer of No Doubt yeah but mm, like were you really going for anybody else right anybody when, gi- else? when Ginger Spice left Spice Girls nobody was like oh I'm gonna see that Ginger I'm gonna <clears throat> follow that Ginger Spice solo career she left literally two weeks before we were set to see them oh yeah I do feel this like she may not have had a career on her own but the Spice Girls without Ginger Spice doesn't work nah it doesn't work for me either that's that's a bummer so did they did they play the show just without her oh yeah yeah they just she just left and they did the show oh wow Molson Amphitheater Toronto yeah oh I saw R.E.M. at the Molson Amphitheater in Toronto Ooh, it's a good venue that's one of my favorite shows I've ever that was the same weekend that my parents took us that we flew up as a family to see R.E.M. at that show uh-huh. and we did like a family weekend in Toronto it was our first time visiting and we also went for our first time to Medieval Times oh my god we were just on about that at work Oh, I want to go so bad with my family. I like. We don't every have week. it here. We don't have it in Britain, and I'm so Wait, like pissed off. How do you not have medieval times in Britain? There's like, I know, exactly, a different right? version of it. It's a colossal joke. <laughs> do they have just like modern times? <laughs> yeah, they just they just like shunt you into like a castle, and they're like, here you go. <laughs> or they just call it times. Yeah, because it's still <laughs> all of the restaurants in Britain have horse and jousts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, all right. So now we get into the meat of his solo career. All night long, dancing in the ceiling. Hello, uh, yeah. easy like Sunday morning, which I <clears throat> forgot about. But he's. Oh my God! How did you forget about that? And yeah, I, I mean, really, I, I yeah, no, and and they're a beautiful songs, but in my mind. They're, they're still songs that I'm kind of abstractly aware of because they were just sort of on in the background of my childhood. But when people are describing them again as like the hottest, sexiest love songs, I'm like, I'm like, the hottest, sex, the hottest, sexiest love song sung by a guy in a sweater. Like I was going to say in a brightly colored sweater. (laughs) To me, it was just, it was very, um, it's very odd to hear that. But this guy was on top of the world. Mm-hmm. And he uh, becomes so. I mean, first of all, before he becomes famous on his own, they say he opened for the Jackson Five and yeah. the Rolling Stones. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so you're like the Rolling, you know, like the Rolling Stones. Like, oh, we're gonna take a chance on this guy who ends up being a massive, massive, massive star. Yeah. And so let's say you were, let's say you, you went to see the Stones, right? And Lionel Richie opens up. Do you think his songs are songs that you never heard him before? His okay. songs are songs that if you heard the first time in concert, you'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, I immediately like it. Like for me, if there's a band where I hear them for the first time and, um, and the music sticks with me from that show, like that uh-huh. is a good band. Does no, Lionel Richie have that effect on you? If you had I seen him so. open for the Stones, yeah, I think so. Oh, because like he'd have been playing those classics, yeah. Like it's the voice, man. I'm telling you, it's the voice. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, do you um, do you remember his music videos at all? Other, I mean, hello, you remember, but do you remember the hello? I remember dancing on the ceiling. Um, so you know, one of my other '80s obsessions is the Breakin' Saga. Okay. And Michael Boogaloo Shrimp Chambers appears in the All Night Long video, along with Bruno Falcon, one of the other guys who was in the Breakin' movies. 
just break dancing. Like, all the hip things are happening in Lionel Richie's video. Lionel's got it going on. Okay, so he's famous. By the way, do you, Halle Berry's in this a lot. Did they, did they verify her qualifications for being in this video I, other than being you know very what? attractive? I was hoping you might be able to fill me in on that because I missed the sort of connection between Halle Berry and him. They didn't even say Halle Berry comma friend like they do with like Arsenio friend and some of the other ones. Did he do a movie with her or something? I have a feeling he's done a movie with her or something. Mm, I don't know. It just seemed like the weirdest choice of person. Like I like Halle Berry, but I was just like, why is she here? Yeah. I mean, I guess at the time (laughs) in the 90s, she was... She was, it was pretty peak, big. That was peak Hallie. That's peak Hallie. That's pre X Men <laughs> Hallie Berry. Yeah. Ooh. That's maybe that's why. Um, so <laughs> it was just like Hallie, do you want to come on this random show? And she's yeah. like, sure. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe she really liked the music. So they. I mean, I, I still want. I would love to. I mean, one of our dreams is to get copies of the Million of Nelly video. Video. Yeah. But one of my other dreams would be if someone who worked on this show were to hear this podcast and were to come on and like go deep with us on Dish. how they craft an episode and <laughs> yes, like is that Halle Berry interview a Halle Berry interview for behind the music or do they just like find in the VH1 archives Halle Berry did a big riff <laughs> on Lionel Richie and we're gonna build an episode around it. <laughs> we don't have to pay anybody for this. Do <laughs> it. So now we get to. Now we get to the point. I'll come, I guess. Wait, hold on. White knights. Say you, say me. Uh huh. Just have you, I've never seen the. I've only seen the last scene of the movie. I've never seen the whole movie. I but, have seen it year like years ago. Yeah. Isn't that is that Gregory Hines and like a and Brishnikov or something like that? Something like is that. Is that what yeah. that's about? I don't know. Now I don't remember what it's about. Is it an ice skating movie or is it a dancing movie? <laughs> combination I'm, of I'm mixing it up with the cutting edge right now. It's getting great. Oh my god, you are really pulling out all the freaking retro uh, films here. Alright, anyways, someone... Well, yeah, alright. So, okay. Now it gets to the sad part, and what I think we need to start doing from here to four uh-huh. is we need to start rating the sad parts, like, on a scale. <laughs> okay. Because, like, <clears throat> like I, I don't want to say... I mean... The things that happened to Lionel Richie are sad. Mm-hmm. His marriage falls apart. He got beat up, man. He might have gotten beaten up by his wife. He might not have. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I tend to. I try to believe people when they got beat up. No, but he he didn't say he got beat up. He, no, he, I know. You'd say, oh, I mean, I see what you're saying. You don't want to like shame the victim. I, I completely yeah. understand. Yeah, right. So, right. We don't want to go with the like story he's telling. We want to believe the fact that if there was spousal abuse, there yeah. may have been spousal abuse, even though he denies it now. Um, but, but so, okay, so maybe he gets beaten up and um, his marriage falls apart. His dad mm-hmm. dies. Uh, it sounds mm-hmm. like, a sad, very sadly, but of natural causes. Um and and he loses his voice, which I think is a little bit scary. Like, all those things happen at the same time. But if I look back at, like, some of the horrific things that maybe happened to some of the other people, like Jim, Jim Croce dying young, Andy Gibb mm-hmm. dying young, um, Shania, Shania being homeless. Wasn't she, like, homeless and eating just, like, bread and sugar for dinner and things yeah. like that? I, um, she lost her parents as well. R- Rick Allen loses his arm. Mm-hmm. The, the the from Def Leppard. I don't know if we can go an episode without talking to him. James Hetfield catches on fire. 
Yeah. So, like, I feel like we we should build like a rating system, and I don't know <laughs> if it's like like the Rick Allen's arm uh, is sort of like the ten with. Like, I would head- probably say so. Yeah, and then Headfield's fire is maybe like second, but then like I put like Lionel Richie's sad parts in this episode is like media, like just like sad, but things that no- happen to normal people. Yeah, like you know, your parents pass away eventually, and. You know, you lose your voice eventually if you're singing a lot. I mean, I don't know. You're a Jethro Tull fan at all? I don't know. No. Most people no. aren't. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> um, I'm a big Jethro Tull fan. But Ian Anderson, God bless him, an incredible flute player. He can't sing anymore. I mean, he, he speaks the words in concert, and sometimes he hires somebody, like a younger guy, to sing the words, which is which is fine. But, like, you're right. That, that happens to people. Like, Bob Dylan's still crooning. Mm-hmm. Singing Sinatra songs. Okay. So that's the sad part. I rated a. Uh, we're going to rate this a Lionel Richie. That's going to be the the rating. So that's the rating. Yeah, this is a Lionel Richie. Richie. Is this right like a four? In, yeah, it's like a four. It's like okay. sad stuff that you want to respect, but like it's not. It's not. He didn't lose an arm. It's uh, yeah, and I put like Shania like being homeless as like a seven. Yeah. Right? With like Hetfield on fire as a nine, and Rick Allen like losing a limb, because I feel like death. Is is on like outside of the outside of the scale because you're not living yeah. with the consequences of that. Yeah, um, agree. This is super dark. <laughs> <laughs> Surprised we haven't gotten to this point yet. But we need to get to this point because we're going to get to like REM and Weird Al Yankovic and like those guys don't really they have sad parts, but they were more so manufactured for the episodes. Like they're not yeah. truly like down parts. Like they're going to be like Weird Al Yankovic's album Polka Party. Did not sell as well as Weird Al in 3D, and he's always like, "Yeah, it really wasn't that bad." I mean, you know, I thought about I'm quitting. Still making money. Then I and then I went and made another album, and it's been pretty great since then. He's definitely a one. Uh, yeah, exactly. Weird Al is going to be our our number one in the scale. I'm gonna. I, yeah, I feel like I feel like there's an infographic in this somehow. Oh yes, you're the you're the designer though, so I all right. I defer to you on a, on an actual infographic on this. Oh, you you know I'm gonna make one now because that's, that's just funny. Amazing, <laughs> we need that. The world needs that. I think it does. Uh, okay, so back to Mr. Richie. Oh, so then he talks about like being upset about this incident where his wife may or may not have attacked him on his front lawn, and. I realize I'm like, hey, this is not a thing I knew about him at all. This isn't something he's no. known for. If there's anything he's known for, is being <laughs> Nicole Richie's dad. But which, did that even get brought up? I think she was like... But she was like a teenager. She's brought up as just part of the story. I don't think she was famous at this point. Famous at that point, no. Because that's a whole epilogue to this story of... Yes. Like, controversial Lionel, Lionel <clears throat> things Lionel Richie is known for. Like, Nicole Richie's controversial. Although she seems like she's got it together now, right? I think so. She's married with kids, isn't she? Yeah, and she's kind of kinda like got out of the crazy public eye. I think she's gotten away from Paris. It's fine. <laughs> you know. I have a I have a story not for the podcast to tell you afterwards that the very weird. Actually, no, I think I can tell this story. So there was a dude who was in my elementary school, and I think my high school, but at the very least my elementary school, who had befriended. Paris and Nicole before they were like super famous and they were just like rich kids. I think he was a rich kid too. And they, and they used to hang out and go to Vegas together and things like that. And then many, many, many years later when Paris Hilton's phone was hacked, his phone number was in it. And he's quoted in like one of the articles being like, Oh, it's so annoying. All these people just call me. I had to change my phone number. 
Oh my god, that's crazy. Yeah. Did he grow up in like L.A. Then is it? Uh, he used to bounce between L.A. and Montreal. So like uh, right, one of okay. his parents lived in L.A. and so he was always going back and forth. How lucky. But we were we knew about Nicole Richie and Paris Hilton like years before they were famous because he would be like I was hanging out with Lionel Richie's daughter this weekend she's so cool <laughs> cut to so, yeah cut to your phone number's in their phone but I guess that's kind of legit too right like that's totally validating yeah like you're, you're you know because you imagine like someone famous you know like gets their phone hacked and like your number's in there and you're like hey hey everyone <laughs> that, that to me is like the kind of thing where you, you suddenly get a low level of celebrity like you know, so and so writer for TV show, so and so you know, supporting actor on TV show, so and so phone number found in Paris Hilton's phone, <laughs> and suddenly you're a guest on the soup, or not the soup, the talk, not the soup. I don't know I what the say. soup is. Guess Joel McHale hosts the soup. Uh, we, you and I differ on Joel McHale. What? Yeah, talented dude, but I don't. I pretty much don't like anything I've ever seen him in. Not even Community. No, I didn't. I, I liked everyone in Community but him, and part of why I couldn't watch Community... Oh, I didn't really like Chevy Chase on that show, but part of why I didn't enjoy Community is that as since he was the main character, I couldn't, like, I just couldn't get behind that character or him. Oh, my god! And so I recognized that there are elements of Community that were really enjoyable <laughs> and, and certain great... But, like, Alison Brie, right? She's oh, yeah. amazing, and I love her in anything she's in, Glow, whatever, but I just, like, I don't do Community because... That show just never, never took with me. Mm, was not. This is my... devastating news. And I've seen the and I've seen the paintball episode. That's like a you know classic great episode. Mm-hmm. I recognize it's you know, but it just wasn't for me. We are never going to speak about this again. All right, Donald Glover, genius. Always knew he was a genius, but you know, I mean, always. He knew wrote for Thirty Rock. Of course, he was a genius. Oh, I didn't know he wrote for Thirty Rock too. That guy. Yeah. Is... Wow. If we're talking about Lionel Richie as like a triple threat, like. Donald Glover is the quadruple quintuple threat. Like, there's yeah, an e- there's a dude who's going to get the egot. Oh yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. He's he's on my who who's on your e- uh, him Lady Gaga. There's a couple other folks who I think like could very well do the egot in our time. Tina was on it, and then they just completely snubbed Mean Girls at the Tonys, and I was like, I hate everybody. Oh, that would have been great. Mm. Yeah, the tone that would have been good for her. All right, well, we'll keep on the EGOT watch. Yeah. Okay, so he finishes his uh, Motown contract, and the last thing he puts out is a greatest hits, which, A, I think, I don't know if you own it, but everybody I know owns that. I own that record. It's on Spotify. Okay, yeah, so I own that CD. I don't even know when I got it, but I, I didn't know that it was also known for unreleased songs, one of which includes him boogieing in a sweater again, which I think is bringing him <laughs> back to his roots. Yeah, I don't boogie I, in a sweater. I'm pretty sure he's, like, boogieing in a sweater, like, most times you see him. That's true. That's true. In fact, yeah. Like, even now, at like, I think he's, like, I think I looked him up and I was, like, he's, like, 68 or something, and I was, like, what? <laughs> He's still boogieing in a sweater. Yeah, he lo- he looks good. I mean, and I mean, granted, those interviews were like twenty years ago. He still looks good though. That guy. Yeah, but if you Google, yeah, if you Google him now, he still looks like. Yeah, I think he. Hot. I mean, he kind of looks better now. Even he's like one of those dudes who aged well. Yeah, oh, definitely. 
I'd like to think I'm aging well. I like it. I mean, I'll put it this way. I'm, I'm progressively looking less worse than when I was younger, if that's any indication. So <laughs> he can ask at this point, isn't it? So, so then they, so then they kind of like, they, they throw a little shade at him and say, well, the critics did not like his last album, you know, but then he says, you know, he's still at it. Bitch can't do it yeah. again. And I have to say, like one of the, the first thing I popped on was a dear friend of mine mailed me a copy of Lionel Richie's album where he does duets with Akon called Just Go. <laughs> and there's this song, Nothing Left to Give, which just rocks. And then I have to listen to this album. You sent me the link and I was like, I need to. Yeah, and I, and I put on the album in the car, and I heard nothing left to give, and it was fine. And then there's the title track, Just Go, which I I, I kind of want. I, I wish I could find the lyrics because the lyrics sound like very very. So he's like great at writing romantic lyrics, right? Mm-hmm. And I think he, you know, something that he said is that you know I love you never goes out of style. Well, I think. His, his notion of love seems to have really matured because a lot of this song is like him offering to do house chores. So it's like, I'm here to take the stress from you. Here, I'm reading it now. So you can just chill and clear your head. Let me do everything for you because you deserve it. Prepare your meal and make your bed. Well, let, let's just first... What? I don't know. Anyways, because you're worth it. It just seems like like the kind of thing, like now the most romantic thing my wife and I can do for each other is unload the dishwasher and surprise (laughs) the other person. And to me, this song really spoke to someone who's really matured in their notion of relationships. Yeah, but the thing is, like when you've been in a long-term relationship, even if you've not got kids or whatever, it's just, it's the little things. Like when you first start dating, it's all about the grand like gestures and stuff, isn't it? Like, do you guys celebrate Valentine's Day? Because we have nothing to do with it. Like we 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 don't. There is an exchange of like cheesy candy, but there are no expectations around Valentine's Day. Yeah, like we're just like, who cares? (laughs) Or or our anniversary. We're very much like a spontaneous like Mm -hmm. let's do something romantic kind of thing, or let's do something fun without without the pressure on those particular days. The only day that I am not allowed to in any way contravene his mother's day that is penalty of, <laughs> that is major penalty in my house and i haven't screwed it up yet so i'm keeping Good. it together Good. um we went toilet shopping on mother's day this year <laughs> yeah um, keeping it together well i mean hey anything anything to make my wife happy uh so for yeah that was a whole that's a whole other story okay so as we as we get to the end of the story here um I there's this B-roll they show of him and his current wife who is a longtime confidant and the other witness in the incident where his previous wife uh, yelled at him on the front lawn and they show them kind of walking by the beach in this like B-roll that looks like something of uh, like sort of what you'd see in a bar mitzvah video intro scene <laughs> or what nowadays would be like a Levitra commercial. Uh-huh. Just like two people on the beach, sunglasses, having fun, being romantic. <laughs> if there was a horse riding involved, it'd be like a tampons commercial. Like <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I agree with you, but it's so true. <laughs> it's true, though, isn't it? <laughs> it's like there are certain things that I imagine, like a, 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 you know, ad people are like, "Oh, get a horse." <laughs> Women love horseback riding. Let's just go with it. Uh, okay, so have so all right, so. Have I left anything out? 
Oh, yeah, there's this one really odd moment. Oh, yes, what we were talking about before, yeah. It's at, so, I guess we should have to kind of let it stand, but at 20 minutes and 48 seconds in the episode, which is, you can find it on YouTube, so it's probably around the same mark, they show clips of him in this amazing moment at the American Music Awards when he won six awards and he was hosting the show. And his mom was there. And his, was- mom, and his mom was there, that's true. And they show one clip, and the clip they show is of him winning an award that just says Lionel Richie, and then the, and he's holding the award, and he's saying, this is outrageous, this famous moment. And then under it, it says, favorite black male. Mm-hmm. And we had to do research before this episode to check to see if that was an actual award at the 1985 American Music Awards. And it was, folks. <laughs> yeah. And it was like him against Prince in a bunch of different categories. Random. I, I don't know who else was nominated, but that is what things have revealed. And if folks check out Grantland, which no longer, I guess, really, Grantland's retired, but in 2012, Rembert Brown did a response to this iteration of the American Music Awards, and he unpacks this particular moment. So I recommend folks Google the issue, the Hollywood Prospectus article because it is quite funny. And I don't think I could do it justice, nor no. should I, nor should I do it justice. Um, but it's worth, it's worth reading that. Um, okay. Oh, and then wait, hold on. One of the most important moments of all. We are the world. Oh, yeah. How do Because I, I, I don't really, like, I know Lionel put it together, like, help put it together, but like... He's not the first figure, I don't think, that pops in my head when I think of that video and stuff. In my mind, I always thought Michael Jackson, Quincy Jones, and then that moment where Bruce Springsteen's being all raspy. <laughs> yeah. And then, as a kid, thinking like, huh, what's Lionel Richie doing here? Turns out he wrote the song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> put it all together. <laughs> uh, that's just one of the greatest uh, moments in music history I love it I love seeing all those people together any other yeah. time they've done it other than the do they know it's Christmas time song any other time I think they've done it since it sucked it's never yeah, been yeah because I think it's just kind of cashing in now like let's get a bunch of people together whereas like I think it was actually sincere when they tried to do it back in the 80s and stuff so yeah yeah and and it was yeah there's just something about that group of icons too like I don't know if I don't know if the way music is now, you could get a group of icons that wouldn't look just super contrived. Like then, those were probably the most famous, most of the most famous people at that time. Yeah. Now, I don't know who's, you're not going to get like Taylor Swift and Lady Gaga and Katy Perry and uh, I bet Donald Glover could pull this off, actually. I was going to say, and Donald Glover. I'm like, if one person could. Donald Glover. Don, Don can do it. Donald Glover can do it. The Childish Cambino has the power to pull this off. Yes, he does. But I think all those other people, there would be too much like agents and politics and nonsense. You wouldn't. Yeah, I think there's far too much infighting in the industry now, anyway. So. And, and would there be a song that everyone would like? Like, who doesn't like We Are the World? Exactly. I don't know. Everyone likes I'm surprised it. they haven't tried to redo it, though. I bet you they have. I bet you they have, and just nobody they'd have, cares. They'd have, they'd have thrown that out there if they had done it. They're, there's yeah, and they've probably done some like Harry Styles version or something like that. I don't know. I was just throwing shade at the first person that irritates me that come to my mind. 
you have, dare you one direction are fine have, human beings do you have a feeling i i really love that song what makes you beautiful oh yeah but like many songs in my life i came to it first through the parody version called avengers assemble by the screen team which is oh, okay. hilarious i mean hilarious tongue-in-cheek whatever you want to call it but the screen team guys this is it's it's now still like one of my one of my most watched youtube videos i'll just watch it over and over again every time i'm like <laughs> how did these guys do this i will have to look it up it's it, it would be my dream to do something like that hold on i'm gonna see if there's a we are the world remake we are guys. the world oh yeah okay oh, we Lord. are the world for haiti oh now i feel kind of guilty so they did it in 2010 really yeah we are the world for haiti it's a charity single recorded by a super group and who was in it? Quincy Jones, Lionel Richie, and Mervyn Warren were the conductors. Then you had okay. Justin Bieber, Nicole Scherzinger, Jennifer Hudson, Jennifer Nettles, Josh Groban, Tony Bennett, Mary J. Blige, Tony Braxton. Archive footage of Michael Jackson, because he was <laughs> dead at this point, I think. Yeah. Janet Jackson, Barbara Streisand, Miley Cyrus, Enrique Iglesias, Jamie Foxx. Wyclef, Adam Levine, Pink, someone named B.B. Winans. Oh, wait, I know who that is. Nope. I, um, really? Do you know who that is? Yeah. Oh, okay. I nope. know who that is. I wasn't, I wasn't. Usher, Celine Dion, uh, Orianthi, who's the guitar player who played with Michael Jackson. Fer- I knew that for some reason. Fer- <laughs> yeah, that's random. <laughs> Fergie. Fergie. Um, oh, Lord. Nick Jones. Okay, there's a lot of other. It starts getting down to someone. There's a whole bunch of. Oh, there's a whole bunch of rap artists. Okay, that's new. LL Cool J, Will I Am, Snoop. Oh, Snoop. Nipsey Hussle, Busta Rhymes, Swizz Beats, Kid Cootie. Kanye's in there too. Of okay. course, Kanye. So they got there. a lot of people, but there's something that just doesn't seem correct about this. Yeah. <laughs> Like, there's a lot of people in that list that should not have been there. There's just something that seems odd about all of this. Um, wow. And in the chorus, you got some Al Jardine and Vin Diesel are in the chorus. Okay. This is <laughs> <stopped>. <laughs> Jeff Bridges. Harry Connick Jr. is in the chorus. Did these people all come in or did they just all just like email in a track? Jeez. Okay. We are down. This okay. is depressing. This is a rabbit hole. Um, I mean, I hope it made lots of money for the cause, but yeah, yeah, I mean, could have, could have written a new song. Okay, yeah. now the moment everybody's been waiting for. This is going to be a tough one. Showdown. The rock star body part and the rock part, the rock star anatomy showdown. Mm-hmm. Shania's midriff against Lionel's mustache. Ooh, I, this is why you got to do that. I, I, knew, I knew a contender was going to like. Shania's midriff is like the Hulk Hogan. It's been raining. It is. But now there's a bona fide challenger. Oh. No, I, I, I'm going to stick with Shania. Okay. For previous reasons stated, I think. Okay. Yeah. So I am, we're going to have to go to a tiebreaker to the audience then. Uh-oh. Because I'm going with Lionel's mustache. <clears throat> Okay. Under the basis that, okay, so we recognize that Shania's midriff was not only defining for her, but mm-hmm. something she had to overcome. And so, like, it's a big deal for her. Mm-hmm. But the very fact that Lionel Richie's mustache is synonymous with sexy. 
I just I can't I can't fight that sexiness of the mustache, and so <laughs> I'm, I'm going I'm going with Lionel's mustache, and we will have to put out for people yeah. to vote. Which will be funny because the way the timing is going to work now with the episodes, like they'll be voting like weeks before <laughs> the episode actually comes out. Um, but that's fine. That's fine. They won't remember by the time it, it comes out. Yeah, uh, we so, so yeah. So that's all right. So that's where we leave it at, yeah. a, at, at a at a showdown that really will bring in the crowd. Yep. Uh, by then there'll be momentum. They'll they'll have dropped like three or four episodes by then. So also for people listening, we have now taped a backlog. It gets it's hard to do these. <laughs> It takes a lot of time. Yeah. Because <laughs> we got to watch well, it. Well, I just show up. You have to edit everything. Well, well, we watch the episodes and we come up with bits. There's work involved. Anyway, so, but we've now taped a few episodes and we're going to keep taping them as regular as possible. But we're going to release them every two weeks going forward. And so you can expect them more or less every two weeks. We've got um, what's coming up. We got John Mellencamp. Well, John Mellencamp will have already happened, so I guess we can't advertise them going forward. No. <laughs> Anyways, <clears throat> at the time that we're having this, um, uh, at the time that we're putting this out, the Shania episode will have dropped. So at least it won't make sense that Shania's midriff has been crushing it ever since it's then. It's been crushing, yeah. Um, so, uh, Ash, anything you want to plug or talk about or shout out? Uh, no, I'm having, you know, quiet, quiet few weeks off, I think. I don't really have anything to throw out there. Cool. Yeah. All right. I don't, Yourself? No, nothing, nothing, nothing major. Um, no? Uh, no, nothing major. Uh, but where can people follow you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, comedy underscore girl. And then on Instagram, I'm improvinator. And when, I don't know when you guys are taping again, but on the Cold Nerds podcast, of course. Oh, of course. Yeah, but we'll, we're not back to fall. Oh, okay. So. so you tape in the in the when the season goes on because I have yeah. listened to summer episodes before. Yeah, Joe's a bit busy because one of his, his youngest is going to college oh. down in Southern California. So it's like we're kind of just taking a break from everything, and he's got to get her off to college, and you know, doing all that dad family stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. He's a good man. Uh, Well, you can follow me at Pancake for Table on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, You can hear the other podcast I appear on with my sisters, Friday Night Movie, Um, and that, like this, can be found on all of the podcast platforms. And if you are listening to this one, rate us, review us, share us. You know, this one, this is kind of like, you know, this is like our underground podcast, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the one that, you know, only the cool people find. Exactly. You gotta, you gotta be really deep gold nerds and or uh, Friday Night Movie fans to be like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check out this side band. These <laughs> <laughs> this is their postal service. Um, so, oh, all right, I will, I'll take us to the ending where we, we the success, heartbreak, passion, fame, fortune, and glory all night long. This was your Lionel Richie episode. Ash, thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye.